Hello, welcome to Culture Fear. 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 song does my head in but let's put that to one side hey t how are you yeah i'm good thanks sean how are you doing i'm great thank you um i'm excited to do this conversation really um i guess people that have listened to the last couple of years roundup of the list it's been with um liam Mm -hmm. uh but this year um from like the conversations i've had with liam it seems like liam's like listened to less of this year's music mm. and then it seemed like natural for me to like ask you if you'd like to do it because we spoke about new music so much this year as well as just music in general yeah absolutely and i think what what um when we were having a conversation yesterday weren't we and saying how like this year has been really weird for lots of kind of new music in terms of like people maybe not like hearing as much i guess or kind of like um sort of returning to older records so um yeah looking forward to doing this conversation yeah how has music been for you this year in a broad sense however you want to like go into that question is up to you um yeah i think it's been a weird one i think like mainly when i was doing kind of a list for this i really struggled to remember like when things had been released and looking down the list there's definitely records that like fit with a particular like point in the year so whether it's ones that came out kind of like pre-lockdown and covid or ones that were kind of at the peak of it or ones in the summer or more recent ones um they really kind of maybe more so than previous years really kind of um feel associated with a particular point in time um but there's also definitely been lots of records that when um yeah i guess at kind of like the peak of lockdown and stuff i really returned to lots of kind of older more nostalgic records which i think is actually something that kind of a lot of people have done from speaking to other people uh yeah definitely that seemed like a unconscious coping mechanism i think was to like go for nostalgia yeah in those horrible like or yeah in that that period over that period of time yeah, because I think, well, I think in a lot of ways there were people who were like, oh, I wish we could go back to like how things were pre sort of this year and kind of how things have been, obviously, you know, with kind of COVID and everything else. And in lots of ways, like going back to how things were is kind of not what we want to do. If you think of lots of things that happened this year, but I guess there's something to be said for kind of listening to records that kind of maybe you know bands you've seen in the last few years obviously we've not been able to do gigs or um just kind of um lots of people just feeling kind of the yeah kind of the pressures of life i guess and kind of wanting to return to maybe records that were from a simpler time Um, yeah yeah definitely which i know kind of i know you said kind of what's your most listened to record that's not from this year and actually looking at sort of what I've listened to actually that's definitely the case for me in terms of uh, sort of records that are kind of from a kind of younger me you know um from kind of teenage years so which is interesting yeah definitely I think there's like 
a good deep dive that people can do on that yeah whether it's like listening to records as teenagers or even like um you know the everyone playing um what's that uh, nintendo game animal crossing oh, God, like, yeah, just yeah. getting back into like absolutely very simple nice for children upwards computer games that just feel like safe yeah and i think not even just kind of like music and sort of um like computer things but just kind of um uh, yeah stuff that kind of maybe people did in their childhood and have like reconnected with and stuff so i know that kind of i'm not the only person that's kind of like started skateboarding this year for example and that feels like part of the same sort of like thought process of like doing things that you can just do for yourself and kind of have a bit more control over when we don't really have control over as much stuff as we maybe thought we did previously definitely definitely and i think um i guess that ties in like so you and i both play in a band together constellation Mm -hmm. that um i guess we played one show this year didn't we in february yeah yeah Um, (laughs) it was like a lifetime ago yeah yeah and um the and then like the day after talking about our like plans for the year and i i would imagine that at this point of the year if things hadn't of if there wasn't like the pandemic Mm. we'd be like putting in in the time to work out like i'd imagine we'd have recorded an an lp maybe i think that was probably yeah i think that was the plan wasn't it and stuff and then to kind of look into doing sort of more like shows this summer like vague plans for like going to europe weren't there and doing some like like a week-long thing um which just kind of seems completely incomprehensible now but (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and it's it's nice with constellation because it's never been like a band that the it's never felt like part of what stimulates the band is doing things and like practicing a lot it's been like doing things when we can rather than like you know some bands the that band is for like playing shows or like putting out as many records as quick as possible where yeah, with consolation i do i have thought a few times like the record that we do we will inevitably end up making will be different to the record that we would have made yeah Just because of the way we like write songs it's not like someone sends over a demo and then we like play that demo as it sounds kind of thing it's like cool there's a few ideas let's just get in a room and see what happens with them yeah it really like evolves out of what sort of ever i mean like it's usually sam isn't it that i will kind of like bring a sort of wrist to practice and then it just kind of like evolves out of that um yeah i guess like the one thing about sort of um doing consolation obviously like you said it's never been a band that's kind of about with kind of the aim of playing sort of loads of shows or kind of releasing loads but like it's definitely been a vehicle to like spend more time with kind of you and sam and mikey and just kind of reconnect with maybe like people who i knew from playing in bands previously or going to gigs that i'd maybe sort of fallen out of touch with and i guess that's one of the things that felt really nice at the start of the year was having all these plans um to um yeah sort of do more stuff with that and then sort of to um, have the last few months of not being able to do that felt sort of really yeah sort of weird and i guess kind of going back to how it was before doing consolation if that makes sense um so that's been one downside to obviously all of um sort of recent things yeah yeah but um i guess to jump into this conversation we'll start off with there's always records that like 
you listen to. So there's, I, I always feel like there's always records that you like, whether you know, that you get back into, that's like one that you listen to a lot over a year. And then there's always a record or two that like you haven't listened to before, whether it's an older one or if it was like, oh, that came out in like 2019 in November and I didn't listen to it in f- to February, but it's probably my record of the year. Have you got any of any like either of those? I think there were only one. So for the longest time, when I first started putting this list together, I had the Dark Thoughts record in the list. And I was like, yes, Dark Thoughts records uh, must be nice. I was like, that definitely came out this year. And obviously I saw them at Static Shock, which was middle of February. So it just felt like a very 2020 record. And it was only when I looked that it uh, was out in October 2019. So I just must have completely missed it when it was released. Um, But that's a record that I've listened to kind of consistently through the year and had a real association with kind of because that um, Static Shock was the last um, sort of big live music event that i went to um, yeah that was two weeks before lockdown wasn't it yeah so it feels like really tied in with that so it's not in my final list because i did stick to records that were officially released this year but definitely the dark thoughts record kind of fits into that category of one that sort of i maybe missed at the time sort of discovered this year and sort of would be a record of the year um i think if it was released in 2020 yeah what about you um for my this year probably the georgia mac lp that um she's the guitarist and singer in camp cope yeah. and she released a, a solo record last year that's like i guess bedroom pop is like a obvious thing to go to yeah which is like obviously a very broad thing um but yeah it's just like pop music and it's really amazing especially over the summer i was listening to it so much when when the weather was like you know blue skies and hot weather yeah yeah. brilliant record so that would probably be that's my main one yeah definitely nice um and then the record like my most listened to record this year is was also my number one record of last year Mm. which was hoodies all summer by kano which i i won't wax lyrical too much on this because i did last year on that podcast Mm -hmm. but it's just it's Every time I listen to it, I get something new from it. Oh, cool. It's incredible, like just pure elite music, like just the best of the best, really. And also it's amazing for running. And okay. I've done more jogging this year than I've probably done my whole life put together. Yeah, you've done loads um, this year, haven't you? Yeah, which has been nice. And a nice 41-minute record that like has his ups and downs in tempo and lyrically like does a lot is just perfect for it oh, amazing yeah and then the record the nostalgia record for records for me i guess has been like getting not getting back into but listening to a lot more of the jam okay who are like a band that i grew up with yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like have always probably been have always probably been my like favorite band um to varying degrees it's funny but, you like, say that because that like when I hear the jam now and stuff, they're always a band I associate with you. So that's funny that you say about like getting back into the jam more because I would just assume that you were kind of listening to them kind of consistently anyway. So that's really interesting. I think I always was. And it's just, I haven't thought about it so much as this year when I've like scratched that surface a little bit more and thought about what the songs are actually like, how they sound and why they sound and like what Mm. they're saying a little bit more to 
because uh, I've always listened to them. Yeah. A song of like going underground about like feeling like frustrated with the fact that the 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 society that he lives in is like totally ambivalent to war or bloodthirsty for nuclear war. Yeah. yeah. It's like when you like and <laughs> yeah. then me listening to the lyrics this year be like, fuck, I've like known that song since I was five years old and I yeah. haven't really thought about these lyrics. Yeah, that's really interesting actually. Like how you return and kind of look at lyrics and songs from kind of childhood. And that's kind of real child, isn't it? And stuff, not just kind of, you know, like your teenage years and stuff. Um, but kind of yeah, sort of bands you've been aware of since you were kind of at primary school age and then to reconnect with the lyrics on kind of a different level, I guess, when you're an adult. Yeah. yeah. And I think for us, like um, our generation of like people that are like what late eighties, early nineties, mm-hmm. maybe our parents that are like, might have, that were probably that you'd imagine like in the eighties were like listening to the music. I think that like pop music, there was a lot more pop music in Britain that was like anti-establishment with their lyrics. So I yeah. think that it, they are, there are like brilliant bands to, listen to like as an older ears whether it's like you know uh the beautiful south or the jam or you know mm-hmm. i could like list list few but it's like that's yeah that's a really nice thing to do when you get a bit older but what's um i'm rambling on about that so what's your nostalgic <laughs> my record? nostalgia record is uh the art of drowning by fi um yeah. so which so this year was 20 years since that record was released um so kind of summer of 2000 so i would have been 13 so that right at the peak of just getting in to kind of slightly more underground kind of music i guess sort of more alternative stuff and that was the first afi record that i bought um because i'd heard them previous to that and then bought that record at my first and AFI are absolutely my favourite band, kind of no um, no question. But yeah, yeah, it was this year, I think I just kind of returned to that and what you were saying before about that kind of nostalgia acting like a bit of sort of safety and familiarity. Um, I think that that kind of definitely comes with listening to them sort of generally, but specifically that record, um, like kind of putting on, yeah, kind of that sort of old like comfy like sweater you know it's like that sort of feeling to it um so that was also one of my most listened to records this year as well um and i think that kind of fits that theme that we were talking about sort of about returning to things that bring you comfort and that you know really really well when sort of everything else is so unpredictable yeah definitely definitely that makes that makes a lot of sense yeah um so I guess we'll start going into our uh, into our tenths. What is your tenth? Okay. Play? How hard was the like putting it in one to ten? Uh, um, the yeah, the ordering was fairly difficult. But I mean, I would probably say this whole list, with the exception of the top two, is like fairly interchangeable. Like if you were like said to me after this, like, oh no, I thought your number seven should be at number four or vice versa, you probably wouldn't have to twist my arm too hard to get me to move the order around, apart from the top two, which have been locked in for like a while. Um, So it was actually narrowing down some records to fill the final couple of spots that was hardest, I think. Um, But yeah, sort of managed to do it sort of 
um, start of last week, sort of middle of last week. So yeah, I think I've got a fairly solid 10, I would hope. Do you um, have any that like you've just heard and you're like, that's probably too soon to put into my top 10? Yeah, I literally listened this morning to a record by an artist called Oceanator. I don't know okay. if you've heard them. No. Um, they're a solo performer, but they have a like full band on record. And the record's out on uh, Get Better Records. Okay. And it's that like similar vibe of quite um, melodic, um, sort of um, quite loud and discordant, though, in parts, kind of um, punk that kind of... Um, get better kind of really do well in terms of their releases um it is called i was just thinking um things i never said um but i literally listened to it this morning so i was like this is really good and if i listened to it <laughs> six months ago would probably make a really good claim for it but i felt that i probably couldn't uh just chuck a record in there on the day we were recording this podcast so uh yeah it's played out yeah, yeah. um yeah, so my number 10 is a record called Five Years Behind by a band called Thick, um, which was released on Epitaph in March. Um, okay. So I don't know if you've heard. Uh, I've never or... heard this. Okay, so know. it's kind of, it's quite like, it's very poppy and um, quite sort of clean guitars, um, but the vocals switch between, um, so it's... Uh, three women in the band and the vocals kind of switch between kind of real sort of um dreamy kind of pop vocals and then quite sort of like shouty um sort of discordant stuff um and it's one of those records that you put on and it kind of goes by pretty quickly so it's good to kind of pop on and then just kind of start um from the beginning again like especially if you've got like the physical record um but yeah it's like a really nice kind of listen to it a lot through um spring summer uh, as that sort of vibe so yeah that's my number 10 amazing um i'll quickly say that with all of these records i have really found that this year the way that i've listened to records has been like blocks of like yeah this is amazing i'll listen to it a lot and then like finding something else to listen Mm. to i think like i said with the jam and kano that was pretty consistent the whole way through yeah but I think just the way that the year is like also like every record is like punk or punk adjacent, which hasn't been the case the last few years. But I think like maybe if if things were different, then there'd be certain records which, you know, you'd listen to like all lows for a long for a few months, say. Yeah. And then you it'll be on the back burner for a bit and then that band might come through or you mm-hmm. might be out somewhere and then they play that record or a friend might be like do you like this and then you listen to it again and then you're like buzzing off of that friend like in the record or like that live show yeah do you think as well like finding records because i don't know about sort of you but where you normally find sort of info on new releases or kind of the people that you follow on like social media that are usually quite sort of good about um, posting the new releases like i don't know about you but sort of lots of those things tend to be kind of punk or punk adjacent anyway so maybe that's part of the reason because my list is the same apart from two records i guess which are not the rest of them are all in that kind of same sphere and i wonder if that's just because sort of those are the people that kind of i have connections with online in terms of looking for recommendations 
yeah yeah i think i was definitely a lot more up for listening to everything this year in mm-hmm. a way that before i was like listening to everything in a different way and maybe like i don't know mate but mate like punk doesn't seem to have like slowed down with releases in that these releases were going to happen and they've yeah. come out anyway yeah, yeah um like looking at my list i don't think many of them have like happened like through lockdown mm-hmm. um where maybe with like more mainstream music or like more like label based like music there's just a different way of them doing things where it's like okay there's not as much monetary value releasing this record right now so we're gonna like not do it or they're just pushing it in a different way that like aren't the avenues where i listen to where i like find music yeah definitely yeah yeah um my record that i've listened to recently that hasn't made it is um state of mind by stiff richards okay i've not heard it yeah it's um drunken sailor are releasing it in the uk they're bound from melbourne and they do that like aussie pub garage rock thing like punk bit snotty very bogan kind of thing that like australia has really been doing really well over the last decade yeah what's that um other band who are quite like this who are like relatively popular last year i've forgotten the name now but yeah um that... a meal on the sniff that's it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I'd imagine sort of that like yeah that they're that and then like raw headache my absolute favorite yeah, yeah isn't yeah. like raw headache maybe has a little bit more to to them to, like and then and yeah and it's just it is really really one of the best mm. of that kind of thing that i've like heard for a very very long time if like ever i think it's brilliant like it really took me by surprise when i listened to it and i was like yeah this is great and then my number 10 is uh new ways of living by the winter passing oh cool yeah they released this record this year and it's really great it's like they're a band that i love they're one of like my favorite bands Mm. and it's just another record where like they're doing something different to the records before yeah it makes sense with the records before and like it's just really good um i feel like whether on purpose or not like some of it it's like maybe a little bit more post-punk okay in certain or certain ways to like the like more like indie that they had been before in a way that like is like sorry emo in a way that's like indie post-punk like it sounds a bit like the cribs at times and a little bit like interpol at times oh cool yeah i haven't listened to that one actually like i was a big fan of kind of their previous stuff so i'll have to make a note to kind of check out the new one actually i've not got around to it this year so yeah great record um i'm sure they'll be playing out all over um they seem to come to the uk a lot so i'd imagine that that when they can they will yeah Um, but yeah that's my number 10 cool um, my number nine is uh, Show Pony by Orville Peck, um, which is an EP, um, but it, it, um, it's in a similar vein to kind of uh, the previous Orville Peck stuff, that kind of um, like country influenced real kind of um, this one has more, I would say, kind of of his ballady stuff like yeah. less full yeah. band things, um, but those kind of real sort of, you know, soaring choruses and kind of um like his voice is kind of absolutely on on um uh, yeah top form and stuff i think what's interesting with this one is kind of obviously one of the songs has shania twain on it um, which was like the single but like 
um, everyone was posting about and stuff, obviously, because I guess it's like a pretty big deal to have Shania Twain. But I think like weirdly, it's like the weakest song on the record, which is really funny to me. Um, but uh, yeah, sort of um, really kind of more of the same for Morville Peck, really. Um, but that was a nice kind of pick me up towards the end of the summer that came out, sort of August. Um, and lots of kind of the lyrics and the content and stuff is all about sort of long summers whether it's kind of driving across america or um like spending time in those kind of um uh, sort of wistful relationships and stuff so quite a nice kind of vibe for those kind of long summer evenings so yeah that's my number nine yeah, that record didn't make mine, but when I've listened to it, I'm like, yes, this is Orville Peck. Like, yeah. He just knows how to write those oh, to write good songs, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my number nine is Neurotic Fiction put out an EP called Romance. Oh, cool, yeah. I've listened yeah. to that one yet. It's brilliant. Like, it's, yeah, for me, it's like, up. it's just, yeah, post-punk is at its finest. It's mm-hmm. quite brilliant. Um, four great songs probably their best i've liked everything they've done and they released an lp a few years ago this is probably my favorite release of theirs yeah i think it sounds great and i think it yeah it's brilliant oh, nice. um it's on special subject records um yeah that is number nine cool um my number eight um is printer's devil by rat boys um i don't know if okay. you've heard that or heard them. Um, I haven't heard the record. I've heard of Rat Boys. Um... Yeah, so this is one of the bands, actually, one of quite a few bands who I discovered. So way back in kind of March, April, May time, when Specialist Subject were doing their Distance Together series, Instagram um, live acoustic gigs, um, Rat Boys are one of the bands who played, I think, like the second or third one. And it was yeah. just the main singer. She did kind of acoustic stuff. Um, but sort of theirs was definitely one of the sets that kind of I was most into. So I kind of went away and listened to the full record and they just released um, a new record actually on Top Shelf Records in February, sort of end of February. Um, So they were obviously meant to be kind of gearing up, I think, to kind of tour pretty heavily, um, which have not been able to done. Um, But I think they were fairly active in terms of doing lots of those kind of live stream gigs and stuff for a while. Um, but it's that um, sort of quite sort of poppy punk um, with a yeah, good mix of kind of like faster stuff and then kind of more sort of melancholy, like slow stuff. Um, I think the band themselves is just a two piece. It's the main singer. And then um, I think another guy plays drums and then like the rest of the band is just the live band. I think. Um, yeah, when I saw them, they were touring with Dowsing, and I believe oh, cool. that, like two of Dowsing were like in the band for that tour. Yeah, similar vibe to that uh, that sort of pop scene. Yeah, so like uh, Dowsing yeah. and like Dikembe and like those uh, sort of bands, I guess, kind of emo sort of influence vaguely, like tangentially, um, but just really nice. And that was one that I kind of listened to then. So that would have been sort of March time, and then sort of didn't listen to it for a bit. And then kind of August, September kind of picked it back up again. And it was a really nice kind of um, late summer, sort of early autumn record. Um, yeah, so that's my number eight. Amazing. I'll definitely, that's definitely one that I'll listen to this week. Uh, my eighth is Waxahachie, St. Cloud. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, just missed just, out on my list. Uh, I just think it's like, so yeah, I think it's great. I think when it's like, when it's good, it's really good. And then, that song fire for me is like the best song of the year. Oh wow. Um, 
it's just like that song has and like can like bring me to tears i think it's just one of the most beautiful songs yeah and um there is which um uh, we spoke about the song exploder where she breaks down that song uh, how they wrote the song and put yeah. the song together, which is just incredible. It's always good to hear those song exploders does that so well when you like feel like you know the song even more intimately. And yeah, the record is really great. And like I said, like yeah, when it's at its peak, it's just not. It's just so incredible. And like she is a musician. Like I've never like really. It's never clicked with me with Waxahachie before, mm. but P.S. Eliot, her band before, are like one of my favorite bands ever. Yeah. So it was really nice in a year where you're trying to find comfort. It felt like comfort, like hearing that voice and just loving it so much. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the P.S. Eliot connection, actually, because her um, episode of Turned Out a Punk that she did this year. Um, oh, brilliant, brilliant, wasn't it? was episode? really good. But yeah, I don't think I realized that she was in P.S. Eliot um, until that. Um, episode of Turn That A Punk. So that was a cool discovery as well um, to find yeah. out this year. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um, as I'm talking about favourite songs of the year, have you got any like songs that were like, yeah, favourite songs? Um, yeah, this was actually like way harder um, than the records, I thought. So like what I was trying to do was maybe records that had just missed out where I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to give yeah. them kind of an honourable mention. So I'll pick a song. Um so I guess in that that sort of um, vein, um, the song Blue by Sweeping Promises, um, okay. yep. which is a record I think that you recommended to me, actually, sort of one of those records that you send through kind of in the band group chat, where it's like, oh, have you heard this? It's really good. Um, and the kind of the riff from that song has kind of been stuck in my head, like <laughs> pretty consistently since then. And that... Yeah. Um, kind of record was one that sort of only came to later in the year but was really good um in terms of just like pure like how much did a song bring me enjoyment it would be the lady gaga single rain on me um which during the summer when it came out because i think kind of lots of people went in well i don't know if kind of everybody else but certainly for me kind of went in the stage of we had that kind of first lockdown and it was really difficult. And then people kind of made peace with it because it was like, oh, the weather was okay. And it was kind of spring into kind of that bit and stuff. And everyone's like, oh, we'll get through this. And then it was actually like when the like the summer hit that kind of it seemed like for a lot of people was the sort of when lots of plans started being cancelled in terms of holidays or thing they would normally do, you know, kind of going out with friends, going like to... Um, yeah going out dancing and stuff going to gigs those sorts of things and it was right at that point when this single was released and it was just kind of yeah sort of really encapsulated all of those like summer kind of evenings or kind of all the fun events over the summer that we weren't sort of able to do so on the one hand it was quite sort of sad that you wouldn't get to kind of dance this just absolute pop banger but then similarly kind of it also brought sort of a lot of joy because I think quite a lot of people were having sort of the same reaction and whether it's kind of, you know, sort of having a little dance around the kitchen or um, just kind of watching sort of content online to do with it and stuff. It was quite sort of a nice bit of escapism. Um, so that's yeah. definitely my like single of the year, I would say. Amazing. Nice. Um, mine would be The Steps by Haim. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great song. Yeah. I couldn't fully 
like I tried with the album quite a bit and I couldn't fully like I don't find myself going back to it yeah but that song I Kate was just getting so annoyed because I just play it again and again and again <laughs> and then I tried to learn that little lead part on guitar yeah which um and it's just yeah I just think that that is just Haim at their peak like they're just so good yeah at doing that kind of um I don't know from uh, like Fleetwood Mac but like now and yeah like... absolutely yeah it like feels at the same time both very like from the past in terms of kind of the musical touchstones but they also make it really contemporary yeah yeah they're brilliant at that yeah Eight. um uh, number, number seven? seven yeah yeah number seven so my number seven is skeleton coast by the lawrence arms okay um, so i don't know if the lawrence arms are a band that you've ever spent much time with um, one record i okay. got into yeah, yeah. So they're like low-key one of my favorite kind of um favorite bands of that kind of genre i guess that kind of um i don't know how to describe it that kind of no idea records kind of you know that like fest melodic punk sort of stuff and lots of that sort of genre is like really throwaway to me and kind of i'm not really sort of into loads of it but i don't know for sort of why but the Lawrence Arms always been a band that have kind of risen above all of that. So all of their records I kind of really like have on heavy rotation, like pretty regularly. Um, and this came out sort of in July on Epitaph. Um, and I mean, it's not reinventing the wheel by any um, uh, means, don't get me wrong, but it it's, <laughs> it's just like really catchy, um, sort of, I guess, kind of quite wistful punk rock, I guess um and just sounds like a lawrence arms record so i think it's one of those ones that like if you like the um if you like the lawrence arms then you'll be really into this if you don't i mean it's not going to be changing your mind but i really enjoyed it um uh, sort of over the summer especially because it sort of came out when i had a period of time when i was um signed off work and spent a lot of time sort of outside kind of doing stuff in the garden and kind of growing lots of um, like vegetables out there and stuff and i would pop that um, record on um, sort of in my headphones and just kind of um, potter away outside in the sunshine it was just like really nice so I think part of it also comes with the association that now um, I have with it yeah yeah they are a great band um, they there was a um, the 101 part-time jobs podcast had yeah. an interview with uh, Brendan Kelly and oh, it was cool. really interesting to listen to especially the touchstones of what they were trying to do mm. as like the Lawrence Arms um and yeah, they they really yeah they they definitely are the cream of the crop when it comes to that scene, and it's like no surprise as to why they are able to like be so much more than that scene. That yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, and I think because this was their first record for a few years, actually, I think kind of four or five years, and not a band that kind of. I necessarily follow in between. So I didn't know if they were working on stuff. So it was a nice surprise when I saw sort of, I think it I might've been, I don't know, like a sponsored ad or like something on kind of one of the streaming services that um, just said they had a new record out. Um, so that was a nice surprise this summer. Amazing. My seventh is Safe Sins by Gladdy. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I came out on Lay My Records at the, towards the start of the year and it's just amazing um from like it's probably it's a record where at times in this year 
I have forgotten about it. Yeah. And then as soon as I put it on, from like the start, it's I just remember like how great it is, and it's like a really great. It's just amazing. Um, I I I don't know if it's like a band or if it's like just the singer or if it's like a few of them. I, I, think, I think it's it, maybe. The, but I know singer, a lot of like the singer who used to be in Kaya right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, and she's she's definitely up for playing just her so i imagine she is gladdy but i'm not certain i don't know but anyway like she's just a mate she's just got a, a mate like her vocal melodies are incredible and like her hooks and the, the lyrics are so good and they just put out a single this week called raw nerve and there's a song called no call no call list mm-hmm. and that is like up uh, that if Gladdy wasn't in my top ten, then that would have been the re- the song that I'd have picked with Haim as like song of the year. Oh nice. It's just amazing. Um I haven't listened to it yet, so I have to go away after this and have a listen. Yeah, yeah. It's um and they're just brilliant, so Yeah, they were another band actually through those specialist subject live um gigs that kind of I discovered. I think the set that she she did I remember was like in the basement of their house in I think Philly. And it yeah, was kind of it was her yeah. and one other person. I don't know if he's in the band or kind of um, was just kind of helping out and stuff. But it was just her on guitar, and then they had like synthy keyboard as well. And it was just yeah, it was beautiful. Like um, really amazing songs. So yeah, yeah, it's nice that the keys are just so amazing, and it's nice to hear that in like punk, I guess. Yeah, because it's not really a, you don't see it as much, and yeah, amazing. Glad no, absolutely. Um, my number six, so going from talking about uh, sort of really beautiful uh, piano-led music um, to this. So my number six is Deluxe by Bib, um, yes. which is, I think, probably my favourite just straight-up hardcore release of the year. And I think it's because... Um, so this came out near the start of the year, actually, on Popwig. And I think we've had quite a lot of conversations like in our band chat and stuff about them because in the same way as we were talking before about sort of the way that we write songs in consolation around, you know, like Sam will bring a riff and we'll work it through and then kind of have a finished song. It seems that when writing this, Bib just had about 300 ideas (laughs) <laughs> and just decided to stick every riff onto the record. And it really is, isn't it? I, yeah, I think like one of the things that we often struggle with, isn't it, is like Sam will write this really good, like fast bit that will start a song with maybe, and then this really good kind of stompy riff to finish the song, and we'll spend the rest of like the three hour practice um um sort of working away on how we can join the two. Um Whereas maybe we just need to take Bib's approach because they like just jam them up together. It's just like fast bit straight into stompy bit, and then the song ends. It's like it's great. It's like yeah. it's it's like not much substance to it. Like it's pretty just like surface level, like stompy moshy hardcore. But I, d- I don't know. I'd, I, I'd, it's just so much fun. <laughs> yeah, I would say like that is on my top ten. So I guess I'll talk about them now as well. Yeah, but yeah, I, I really loved their record like Mosh Pit before. Yeah, and then this come and I was like, okay, wow. For me, this is the best hardcore record of it since Warthog's last seven inch. Yeah. Life. So for the last couple of years, yeah, it's out. just incredible. And there's just so much 
to the like there's just every single subculture of like hardcore yeah they've just chucked it in is there. represented in this <laughs> whether it's for like 10 seconds well stan was or... saying they have three guitarists apparently so i yeah I, I have this vision of them all just kind of bringing different riffs um yeah yeah i think we've spoken about how like maybe the drummer just points at one of the guitarists <laughs> they quickly play a riff and then like the next one he points at and then they quickly play a riff yeah yeah Uh, so good so good and like you know like parts of it i just and this was a record where i was like oh i can't wait to see this band Mm -hmm. live like whenever that is i really hope that i'm able to see them live like there's a part on one of their tunes which i can't remember the name of off the top of my head where it just goes down to bass and drums yeah just like you know like super simple like which they love that beat oh yeah like and the bass and then there's just so much feedback and it makes so much sense that there's three guitarists. And you think, yeah. imagine this live where like three guitarists are trying to make the most like abrasive feedback noises at the same time, whilst it's just like the the drummer and the bass are just like plodding along. And I just think it's incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's for me that this is the record that like all hardcore records are like that have come out since and will come out will be like judged. A- next against yeah and yeah, i think we, and i know that we as a band have spoken about like right this is like not to sound like this but this is what we aim for when it comes to like quality of what we want to do like it want, we, i want to feel like how that record makes me feel when we make music yeah definitely i think that's the bit i think like from the first time i put this record on it's like oh yeah the feeling i get listening to this is exactly the feeling i want to bottle for all hardcore records that i listen to yeah, yeah definitely definitely it's just that's it if someone was like what's hardcore i'd give them that 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 record is as perfect as any yeah. other record from, absolutely of what yeah pop wig records great label yeah um, really good. baltimore maybe uh, i think so yeah somewhere on the east coast uh, yeah i'm pretty sure it's baltimore and my next record number six is a pop wig wig record nice. is that truth cult record on oh, fire oh cool yeah that's great yeah, I really, really loved it. I kept on coming back to that record. Um, I guess I would say it sounds like I would say it sounds like emo core. Like mm-hmm. you can, like you can go from Rights of Spring and Embrace and find yourself, and and like Truth Cult makes sense. But it also sounds like those awesome like Bay Area like Badder Brains and like Bullets In kind of stuff and yeah like, definitely Fassel Vega from the UK. It's just seems and of, it's the guitarist from Give and like that makes sense. But oh cool yeah me, I didn't realize that yeah that does yeah happen. and like Give there was just something that I was like oh that's kind of cool riffs but this um is just like brilliant and yeah really really great really great band. Um, that you know not everyone's able to make i think a lot of bands aren't able to make that like rev summer sound over 10 songs yeah and they are and that's yeah, i like think it can... to how good they are yeah it's one of those sounds that can get sort of boring or repetitive um when it kind of extends longer than maybe sort of a seven inch or kind of like a slightly longer ep but no you're right like and they really manage to kind of hold the consistency across the record, don't they? Yeah, yeah. So that's my sip. Ace. Um, my number five um, is by a band called CB Radio Gorgeous. Um, and I think it's either self-titled or it's just called EP. Um, 
but this was a seven inch which came out in the spring on it was a joint release between thrilling living and not normal tapes um yes, and it's yes. just it's really good like quite fast um like pogoy garage a, a yeah. rock um just like so many good kind of garage punk riffs like the vocals are brilliant and um it's another one where i kind of i can really picture kind of being at a gig and just kind of like um sort of bobbing along um to this and just having yeah just a great time it's like so much fun um but there's just enough kind of level of kind of like spikiness and kind of aggression in kind of the sound um to make yeah. it a really good punk record as well so yeah yeah i do when i like listen to it i was like yes i know the people that love this garage punk and this is like perfect for it they need to hear this record yeah really quick yeah definitely feel, definitely uh, my fifth is rat cages screams from the cage yeah great record yeah i think that is uk like that's a you that goes in as like a uk hardcore classic for me yeah uh, yeah it's just you know if you haven't heard rat cage like they've so it's just like bry um from here in sheffield who has played in like <laughs> all the bands um and it's just him playing all the instruments and doing the vocals and then like live obviously he's got a band um he's got friends that he plays with and it's just like you know it is i just love how it seems like a real exploration of a niche part of like hardcore that like swedish db like totalitar like hardcore and i really like that it's yeah it's just hardcore for hardcore there's you know it is what it is and it's like amazing for it yeah and i think it's a re- in terms of uk releases like it's definitely been sort of one of the best to me in recent times because like it mixes all the good stuff that like i like like it doesn't get like too stompy and kind of moshy that kind of moves into that sort of uh sort of tougher guy thing which i'm not yeah, it's so really punk. into it's so punk when it like yeah, and it's it- not like it doesn't verge into kind of crust or db that gets a bit sort of repetitive and trite um it's just kind of perfect like straight down the middle like fast like punk isn't it it's yeah it's yeah right. yeah yeah it's it's that hardcore punk that like when i was a teenager i listened to and was like this is what i love yeah and it's yeah which is brilliant and they've got a, they've got that's on la vida smus yeah and they've got a split out um well, there's just been put up for pre-order on the label, a new split. And as far as I'm aware, there's another split next year. Like, he hasn't, like, by the time Rat Cage play a show... He doesn't slow which, down, does he, Bri? Yeah, yeah, there'll be, like, another, like, <laughs> there'll be, like, four records have come out yeah. since. And I think that Rat Cage is the one where I'm, like, oh, when Rat Cage play, that means that, like, we're able to do shows and it's going to be nuts it's gonna be so fucking great yeah yeah absolutely um my number four um is by a band called cold meat um which is called hot and flustered um this came out on march on the static shock so they're from uh perth in australia and this is for me the best uh, uh straight up punk record of this year um i don't know if you've heard it or heard them um but it, I have. I can see the. I can a picture the album cover in. My yeah, it's, it's disgusting, colourful. Uh, yeah, it's pretty out there from what I can remember. Yeah. Um. So this kind of is in that similar vein, I guess. If you were comparing it to kind of some recent bands, it'd probably sound 
um, sort of in the wheelhouse of bands like Good Throb and kind of BB and the Blips and that sort of um, sort of quite sort of um, like bouncy, almost quite sort of camp riffs in uh, um, kind of with um, fairly kind of straight up punk drumming. Um, but it's really like the vocals in this band and all those bands actually um, that kind of really make it sort of half like snarky, half really pissed off, um, half kind of shouted, half uh, spoken, half sung um just really good and kind of touches on lots of kind of lyrics as well that kind of feel really sort of of the moment um you know kind of whether it's kind of capitalism or um climate change deniers or um yeah kind of uh sort of the rise of gentrification those sorts of things um so yeah just like a really urgent um like bratty snotty punk record um which kind of there seems to be lots out of kind of that part of the world, sort of Australia and um, sort of Southern Hemisphere. Um, but yeah, it's definitely not the best um, punk record I've heard this year, I think. Nice. Amazing. Um, my fourth is a record that you have glossed over. Um, Sweeping Promises, Hunger for a Way Out. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's on Feel It Records. Um, the podcast Flick Through is like a podcast where like, two people deep dive on two records and one of them was sweeping promises so i guess if you want to know more about that them as a band that is a really cool way but they're just like it's just post-punk it's like pop it's just a brilliant brilliant record that i wouldn't be able to put my finger on what it is if i was to explain it but like it's just brilliant and i think that it's just you know i am just such a sucker for hooks and yeah they have them in abundance. Yeah, there's lots um, on that record, aren't there? There's lots of kind yeah. of uh, yeah, really catchy, memorable riffs on there. Yeah, yeah, and the vocals are just brilliant. And it and from listening to this podcast, she's like a classical singer. Oh, really? Like taught classical taught singer. Oh, so it's cool that like you know it doesn't sound like that, but like it's yeah, it's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant record on Feel It Records from Richmond, Virginia. Great band, definitely worth anyone's time cool um my number three is phoebe bridges uh punisher um so this record came out in june on a label called dead oceans um which i'm not sure is kind of a subsidiary of of like a bigger label where it's kind of a smaller one um i wasn't able to find much details about that yeah i mean she must have backing because she is everywhere she's big now yeah and actually kind of this was the first record where i really got um into a phoebe bridges record i don't know really yeah the album and boy genius and better oblivion center yeah boy genius are great and i don't know what it was previously and this wasn't like a conscious thing but like i always went to kind of the julian baker records first and then um, because obviously she's in Boy Genius with Julian and uh, Lucy Dacus, isn't she? Um, yes. And really, really like the uh, Boy Genius record. Um, their uh, NPR Tiny Desk they did is uh, one of my favourites of that uh, series, actually. But yeah, Punisher was like the first record that I've really got like fully invested in for Phoebe Bridges. And it's just like, it's just beautiful. It's like such a beautiful record um and it's i think because i didn't start listening to it 
when it was first released it was only a few months later so maybe kind of start of october so sort of as well, perfect for how it, yeah, yeah. It, it's like a perfect <laughs> autumn record that kind of um we're quite fortunate to live like fairly near the coast and we spend lots of time at weekends at the moment in terms of kind of going out and kind of doing sort of long walks and stuff and we listen to kind of this record lots whilst kind of driving there so through all these kind of like colors of like the autumn like trees as we drive out to the coast and then all the kind of yeah sort of shades of the north norfolk coastline of like the greys mixed in with the blues and yeah like, if, it, if you had to say what does it sound oh, like i perfect. would say picture like this that. and then imagine someone shouting at the sea when there's waves crashing yeah that's, it's like, it, that's the feeling it evokes yeah and it's just yeah it's a it yeah really overwhelming record i guess in parts because it's like um sort of one of those records that kind of every time i've returned to it have found something kind of new and deeper to it and stuff, whether it's in terms of the instrumentation or the lyrics or in uh, Phoebe's voice. Um, have you got the physical record? No, I haven't. Well, I, I have haven't. a really nice zine, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, so we own it as a household, I guess. April owns it. Um, but I've not, like, spent any time kind of looking through, so I didn't know kind of what sort of stuff came with, um, sort of with the inserts. I'll have to check that. Uh, yeah. For me... I so like Kyoto, yeah, incredible, like amazing song, yeah, like truly brilliant, yes. And then the next song is yeah. like brilliant, yeah. And then for me, the rest of the record feels like a mood or an emotion, yeah, rather than like songs. Yeah, I find it sort of interesting that Kyoto is number three on the record isn't it technically because you've got the intro and then the first song proper and then Kyoto. Yeah, so yeah you've got the, that dvd menu intro yeah. and then t- the two songs yes garden song isn't it so they're the two songs that i'm like they're amazing and they're like fully fleshed songs yeah i think it's interesting with kyoto because that sounds like it would be kind of the lead single which i'm not sure if it was actually i haven't seen what the singles were for the record yeah, yeah it was it was yeah which makes a lot of sense because it doesn't like it's an amazing song, like, but it doesn't fit with the rest of the atmosphere of the record. That makes sense, which I guess is what you're kind of alluding to when you were saying that the rest of it feels like it flows through, like it's kind of one. Continuous yeah, it was like mood. get these two songs out of the way, and then we've got this concept. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's interesting because some of my favourite songs from the record are the later ones. So my favourite one, I think, is Chinese Satellite, which okay. is like fifth or sixth and there's kind of a part sort of near the end of the bridge where like the strings come up with the vocals and it's it's like breathtaking um but that sort of fits in with the vibe of the rest of the record um uh, so yeah it's interesting that you kind of uh, make the same point around it kind of almost being kind of those uh, sort of first two lead singles and then the rest of it kind of flows as one sort of big package as it were um but yeah, just an incredible record. So pleased that like I finally uh, sort of got into Phoebe Bridges as an artist as well. Um, as well as a personality. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's a great personality. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And kind of not that like I wasn't uh, sort of into uh, sort of her music before. I thought that like the record was really good. But yeah, like, yeah I get I know, I know what you're saying, definitely. Yeah, this was the one that's kind of really connected with for the first time, like in the same way that like I did with maybe kind of, yeah, the Boy Genie's record um, or the Julian Baker records. Um, yeah. yeah. Did, and um, did you see the sing, uh, the 
the music video that she's just released for um, the latest song, which is yeah, directed which is, by Phoebe Waller Bridges. Yeah, and, which is weaponized the guy from Normal People. <laughs> yeah, and uh, there was a early lockdown. Great um, uh, rumors, I guess that uh, that with those two that I think was like brilliant. That like yeah, and obviously it's nice to see that Paul Mescal maybe the not maybe the biggest heartthrob. Oh yeah of 2020 yeah um doing more stuff than just um making me cry and running around listening to the stone roses stone roses rolling stones yeah <laughs> yeah i'm interested to see that video has it been released yet the video or are they still it's on- so, I, I it was only on her facebook page okay when I saw it maybe yesterday or the okay. day before. So whether it's on YouTube yet, I'm not sure. Okay, cool. Yeah, I saw like the still photo from it, um, which yeah. kind of, yeah, fully sent me over the edge last week. Um, and then, yeah, I haven't actually watched the video, so I have to check that out. Um, that was number three, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. My number three, three yeah. is In Waiting by Pillow Queens. Oh, cool, yeah. I still haven't listened to this, even though you keep uh, telling me to. Sorry. It's amazing. And like... <laughs> It's it's just brilliant, like indie rock. Yeah, and they're a really special band, I think. Um, really, really special. And it seems like from afar that island that they're having they're part of a cultural movement in Ireland as well, mm. which is really cool to see, like a band being part of that. Yeah, whilst it happens. Um. But yeah, amazing band, and like in a like the production is incredible. In like Phoebe Bridges feels like a mood. Yeah, yeah. It's just it feels so dense, and there's so much mm. in this production, but it doesn't take away from the songs at all. Yeah, it just like knits it all together as an album. But a lot of albums that do that, you have to listen as an album. But I think this record is also really great at all the songs individually can be listened to individually and, and are brilliant as well. Mm. Like if you weren't a fan of the band, you'd listen to a song and be like, that is objectively brilliant where sometimes like if you put on track eight by Phoebe Bridges, I don't know if that would have the same impact straight away. That makes a lot of sense. It doesn't take yeah. away from either of those things. Yeah. I just think that pillow Queens really have done something where like, it's just the full package. Like they've ticked everything. It looks incredible. Like, Everything about it is just like brilliant. Yeah, I think um, they were featured yeah. on one of the Flick for episodes, weren't they? This year, I think that was the first time I'd heard of them. Um, was when I can't remember which person on the podcast picked it, um, whether it was Kay or Erica. Um, well, they did put. I think a special subject put out a record a few years ago. Oh, okay, yeah. So maybe maybe that was the link. Yeah, potentially. Um, but yeah, I've not listened to that new one yet. But it seems to and be, Sarah from Pillar Queens was on Culture Fear, so maybe that is the podcast link. There you go. <laughs> um, yes, all kind of converging there. Um, yeah, I'm gonna whilst we're talking, I'm sort of um, get the record up on on uh, Spotify to listen to as soon as we finish because you do keep mentioning it. Yeah, it's great, and it was self released, which is really cool. Oh, cool. Um, and they just seem to be, yeah, a band that, like, thankfully, like, yeah, they're just brilliant. And I think that I'm glad that people are listening, of course. And, like, I just, it's exciting what they can 
do as a band and continue making such incredible music. Yeah, sounds amazing. Yeah, looking forward to listening to that later today. Um, okay, so my number two uh, is Fetch the Bolt Cutters by Fiona Apple. Um, yes, I listened to this a few times. I remember asking April because there was a point of the year where like everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah everyone like where friends and even like then like celebrities that yeah. I followed on Instagram yeah. was like posting about this record and I was like how do I have never heard this yeah. musician and then I asked April like what what do I do and April was like oh go back to this record in the 90s yeah so like I listened to that record more than I listened to the one from this year yes uh yeah so I uh, so I guess um kind of full disclosure I was in a similar position to you so this was released at the start of April so like peak lockdown here and it seemed like i mean it's really obviously parallels with the fact that it um it's called fetch the bolt cars and it's all about sort of escaping from kind of you know past life or kind of the constraints of things and that's kind of one of the themes of the record so i think part of kind of people's uh sort of excitement was that kind of it really tapped into like that sort of feeling of kind of cabin fever that sort of everyone was getting in lockdown um but sort of like you I'd never really heard Fiona Apple properly like I was aware of her and obviously because she got really big sort of late 90s early 2000s she was like super young when she was like first getting sort of mainstream recognition sort of like 16 17 I think um and I said to April I was like oh like lots of my instagram is just kind of going like just wild for this new um fiona apple uh record and stuff is it worth listening to and i got this kind of like look that was like are you, have you not like like how long have we lived together like are you not aware of fiona apple's like brilliant and i was like, well, like i know like who she is so april made a playlist that was all the fiona apple records that like i was instructed to listen to in chronological order um so i spent like a week listening to that and kind of loved everything um and that kind of set me up nicely for listening to the new one because i think for a lot of people because it was her first record for a while and it kind of moved from when she was this kind of teen sensation and then kind of early 20s through into more kind of mature and reflective and also kind of she uses sort of lots of experimental kind of um sort of whether it's everyday objects or kind of um sort of things on the record in terms of like the soundscape and one of the things i compared it to when i was talking to april about it was how after like a long period of time sleeter kinney came back with a record and it was whereas their original um sort of stuff in like the late 90s and then kind of early to mid 2000s was around kind of being sort of younger women within kind of the music scene and within society and then they had a big gap and then came back and it felt like they'd kind of grown up sort of not in terms of maturity level but just in terms of kind of the themes they wanted to address so it was actually about um kind of what it's like to be a more kind of middle age or kind of you know sort of late 30s early 40s woman in society and within music and all the things that kind of that sort of entails and that's kind of the similar vibe i get from the fiona record in lots of ways that kind of it's kind of lots of reflections of kind of the process that she's been through from having lots of kind of critical acclaim when she was young and all kind of the negative sides that that brings in terms of you know kind of people being really in kind of 
I kind of went back and sort of read some of the stuff from the time just because I wasn't really aware of it as much and kind of for all the positivity she got she really caught some anti sort of some really negative kind of you know um a real sort of kind of yeah sort of sexist and kind of misogynist kind of like backlash um in terms of kind of from a sort of all sides of a divide as well in terms of kind of the music sort of world um so then she went away i think for kind of a period of time so then when this record came out so you've got kind of the dual things of kind of it being her first record kind of back after a period of time and it comes right at the peak of this kind of situation uh certainly for kind of many people that are kind of big fiona apple fans where they're kind of their sort of day-to-day lives and routines and structures have been kind of completely sort of ripped up and they're having to kind of find their feet again and it just felt like sort of the perfect um sort of accompaniment to that i think and i mean like the fact that kind of there's a lyric on there that says like fetch the bolt cutters i've been in here too long that's like yeah, like peak lockdown anthem, isn't it, really? You know, kind of, I've been, I've been stuck in the house for two months. Like, I need to go out. And I think, like, the fact that, like, when I first listened to this was probably kind of the end of April, start of May, where kind of my daily routine, because I was working through the first part of lockdown, so I'd kind of finish work and then kind of go for sort of an hour's walk, and I'd always put this record on for the first few times, and it's just, like, it really yeah sort of this more than any other record is like my lockdown 2020 record um and i think kind of if it had come out sort of any other time i think i would be sort of really really into it as well just because like the song structures and sort of her as a musician um is incredible um but i think the added layer of kind of when it sort of came out and the feelings that kind of everybody had the they were able to either find themselves in the record or project their own stuff onto this record and sort of find a place for themselves um, is what kind of raised it sort of above other stuff this year. Um, so, so, yeah, just incredible. Amazing, amazing. And it sounds, yeah, it definitely sounds like you that the record will mean some, will remind you of this but means something else as well in 10 years time, just because of the depth of. Yeah. I'm really interested actually to see kind of, yeah, whether it's kind of this time next year or five years or 10 years when people revisit this kind of, whether it takes them back and they view this time. I mean, I guess it kind of depends on where things are at sort of in the future, but whether it's kind of like a nostalgic kind of, you look back and like, Oh yeah. Like that's a period of time that we all survived. Wasn't that sort of wild or whether it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of a record that we take with us as kind of that sort of emotional crutch kind of into things in the future. So, yeah, definitely interested to see kind of how it sort of ages and evolves over time. Amazing. Um, my second favourite record of 2020 mm-hmm. is that Bib record yeah. that we have spoken about. Yeah. So um, what's your, f- what is your number one? Okay. So this has been pretty locked in since I first heard it to the extent that like I had to have a break to then go back to see if I still felt as strongly, um, which I did. So it's special interest, uh, the passion of, um, so this came out in June on thrilling living and night school. Um, and special interest are such an incredible band um just the mix of like punk and like techno and no wave and kind of 
yeah, like simple yeah, like power tools, that like <laughs> rave thing. Um, just kind of the the song structures. It's kind of, I mean, like it's objectively a punk record, but there's like so much going on, and you get so lost in all the different layers of the music, and then like the vocals and the vocal delivery and the lyrics. Um, it it feels really in kind of the same way as the Fiona Apple record feels like a real kind of record of the time, like the special interest record really just captures the essence of kind of everything that's going on in the world. I think whether it's lockdown or whether it's the black lives matter movement or whether it's things to do with kind of gentrification and challenging kind of the structures of, you know, kind of capitalism and patriarchy. It like addresses things within like the music scene. It's, self obviously because like punk has its own reckoning in terms of kind of how it deals with things um and just one of my biggest regrets i guess is that kind of i because they played static shock this year and obviously being in norwich and static shock happening in london i had to kind of choose which of the gigs i went to so i went for the one that was on the saturday night uh, just because it was the easiest to kind of get down to and special interest played the Friday, which I would never have made from work. Um, but that's kind of one of my biggest regrets of the year. But like I didn't choose because like the photos and like the videos from that gig, just like the most captivating live experience. And kind of looking back, sort of loads of people were like, oh, I'm so pleased that seeing special interest was the last gig I went to because it kind of really sums up the year in terms of just kind of everything they're channeling through their energy and their anger. And because on the one hand, it's kind of really pissed off and really angry at the state of so many things. But like on the other, it's like so sort of danceable and quite like sexy and like sensual in lots of uh, sort of ways as well. It's just like flawless record. And kind of I thought that sort of when it first came out in June and I was like, oh, kind of often when I hear a record, like, oh, yeah, this is amazing. But then kind of I'll return to it and be like, yeah, like it's still good, but it's not quite as amazing. So I had like probably a month, two months of listening to it pretty solidly and then had like a pause and then came back to it in kind of start of November again to kind of see if I felt the same. And I still felt, yeah, like exactly the same, if not more, probably. Um, it's yeah, it's just incredible. Like, yeah, an incredible record. Brilliant, brilliant, amazing. Um, my number one, I think Thrilling Living as well as a label is just amazing. Isn't oh, it? yeah, like, I'm absolutely killing it and stuff. I mean, there's been so much other stuff recently of of theirs that's been kind of really good. Like that that new Xylitol record was yes. kind of one of my favourite. Like, punk so good. Just like, yeah, just straight up kind of an angry, pissed off, like snotty punk. Like, yeah, so good. Um, the Sniffing in the Nits record's really good. Um, the Judy and the Jerks record they put out, which I think was the end of last year. I'm not sure. But yeah, like so much good stuff on that label. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my number one is um, Couldn't Give a Rats by The Scratch. Okay. A band you definitely, well, I mean, I don't think you, I, I know that you haven't heard this record. I haven't heard this record. I haven't heard this band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I played to you them once in the car. Okay. Uh, their record before. They're, so for anyone that doesn't know The Scratch, listening to this they're a band from dublin they self-released this record um although actually actually the vinyl came out on chewy records corp um chewing on tinfoil that being like the label that the band chewing on tin foil do and the record was due out this summer um and then they ended up um 
pulling it forward. Okay. <laughs> um, pushing it forward two months because it was like, we're all in this lockdown. Let's just put this record out. It seems like something that's like, you know, the scratch is all about crack and just like having a nice time. Yeah. Let's just put it out. And if anyone gets anything from it, then like, that's amazing. Nice. Um, and yeah, it's, there an, there's a, two acoustic guitars, an electric bass and a drummer that plays the Cahoon. Okay. Um, which obviously when you think of that, you think, what the fuck? Um, for me anyway. And like, yeah, I'm trying to recall you playing in the car. What my reaction was, because my reaction now, when you're explaining it is like, yeah, it sounds interesting. Um, and like the guitarists. Are, so they're all like metal heads. Okay. And like they're like from like the hardcore scene as well. Okay. Um, but like the band isn't like of the that scene. The band is like legitimately popular in its own way in okay. Ireland. And um, Kate and I went to see them last year um, in London, and it was like the most fun I've had at a show for like ever. Oh, and awesome. like this record means like so much to Kate and I. They're probably like they're definitely the our favorite band as like a relationship yeah oh, uh, that we've cool. ever had obviously there's been like there's loads of bands that we both love yeah yeah, yeah. It's more like we personally love them and it comes together this is a band that like we've both like loved together yeah which is which is amazing um the lyrics are like deep but they're also like really funny and like supposed to be humorous um like you know you're about as useful as an ashtray on a on a bike and um <laughs> like talking about someone being spicy and needing a lollipop for their bum and <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> um but they're just like it's just brilliant and yeah they're like so the, so some of the riffs i've been told by members of because i also did a podcast with um Lango, the the drummer and the vocalist, one of the two vocalists. Yeah, and he, he, people reckon that it's like metal guitars. I I'm not the person to know that. Okay, because metal's not really my thing. No, but like, and obviously it's on acoustic guitars. Yeah, so because it's not like trad folk and like it's not like Irish folk. Yeah, which obviously when you like think of like guitars and cahoons, that's kind of what comes to mind. Yeah. And obviously everything's born of its own like experience and place in the world. So like the, I'm sure the scratch couldn't happen in any other country in the world. Okay. Because of the history of those things, but it's not that. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah. It kind of like, yeah, like people from like the metal and hardcore scenes that kind of also happen to have like an enjoyment and an interest in, that sort of style of music so they're bringing their own vibe to it or i don't think they're trying to do trad at all i think it's like um like from where it started was just like the the drummer and guitarist were like i'd like to sing oh let's just like let's just play these songs that we can like sing and play along with cool it just went from there yeah Um, and they started out instrumental and then like just just it just grew and grew and yeah like people really like respond to it and like have a lot of fun and yeah. they did they've done like two live live youtube shows that like raised loads of money oh cool like um organizations fighting um direct provision which is like oh, amazing islands like horrible um response to um 
migrants in 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 Ireland, detained migrants, and but like loads of people watched that, and it was just like it seemed like a really fun way to like bring positivity during lockdown as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I think that they were like, we have a we have a way that might make bring enjoyment to people. Let's let's do that. Yeah, they've got that platform, and it's kind of yeah, like serving that dual purpose of kind of yeah, bringing enjoyment and stuff, but then also. Uh, yeah sort of using that to kind of have a, a, a yeah sort of positive impact for others as well yeah yeah and like even if you just looked up like the record like the record is beautiful it's like t- t- double 12 inch 180 gram oh, wow. came scene that was like really like amazing to read through yeah but like the front cover is like you know when families go and get photos together and it's like white backdrop and they're like doing cheesy grins together <laughs> yeah like that's what it is the four of them and on the back it's like just all of them dressed in the same shirt like doing like funny photos but like funny in like a that's what people do when they go to these like cringy family photos things. yeah yeah so that is my record of the year because it's just brought so much joy to to the this house like throughout the year yeah and i think actually kind of this year more than any uh which sounds like um sort of bit of an overused phrase but i guess it's like still appropriate that like because it's been like so weird and so much of the stuff that we would like normally find kind of comfort and support and stuff in have just kind of been like put on hold um wherever you can find that i think this year is kind of good and kind of a yeah positive and important so no that's awesome Definitely. And yeah, thank you for doing this. It's been I so nice like, talking through like the records I've loved and like hearing about the records you've loved. Yeah, it's been ace. Yeah, I've got some um, some good ones to go away and kind of check out now as well. Um, sort Definitely. of made a little list whilst I've been talking. So that's great. Yeah, the same. It's, I'm really excited to hear that Rap Boys record. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think we really like that. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, so thank you for your time. You're welcome. And I will speak to you soon. Cool. All right. Bye.